Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today, I'm going to give my review of AEW's Dynamite. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is CM Punk versus Penta Oscuro. I thought this was a great opening matchup for Dynamite. Back and forth matchup between both Punk and Penta. Punk and Penta both exchange chops in the middle of the ring. Punk then goes for a GTS, but Penta reverses it into an ankle lock. Punk then goes for a top rope maneuver, but slipped off the top rope. Kind of a botch, if you ask me. Uh, Punk then hits a Hurricanrana on Penta off the top rope. Punk then applies an Anaconda Vice on Penta. Penta then breaks the hold. Penta hits, up, hits a step-up Enziguri on CM Punk. But Punk gets up, hits his signature GTS on Penta, pinning him for the three. And your winner of the match is CM Punk. Hats off to CM Punk for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is for the AEW Tag Team Championships. It is Jurassic Express versus the Red Dragon. I thought this was a great matchup as well. Back and forth matchup between both Jurassic Express and the Red Dragon with the Red Dragon keeping the pace of the match. Luchasaurus ends up hitting a moonsault off the top rope, taking out the uh, Red Dragon ringside. Luchasaurus then hits a choke slam on Red Dragon as well. Fish then gets up, hits a devastating avalanche falcon arrow on Jungle Boy. Looked absolutely brutal. Jurassic Express, though, end up hitting the finish on Red Dragon, pinning them for the three. And your winners of the match and still AEW Tag Team Champions are Jurassic Express. After the match, though, Kyle O'Reilly ends up attacking Luchasaurus with a chair. FTR's music ends up playing. They make their way down the aisle. And FTR gets face-to-face with Red Dragon holding up the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. A couple of things I want to say about this, man. Number one, fantastic tag team matchup. And the biggest thing was FTR, man. FTR has been on one hell of a tangent since, I mean, honestly, the Briscoes match they had at Ring of Honor Supercard, man. They're now baby faces. The crowd love FTR. And they put on some phenomenal matchups in the past few weeks, man. And they've done a fantastic job. And then with FTR holding up the Ring of Honor cha- uh, Tag Team Championships, staring down uh, Red Dragon, that is one match that I'm definitely, hopefully, would love to see. Hopefully they book that match, but I'm definitely looking forward to that match if they end up booking that match because FTR and Red Dragon would shut the show down. Be a fantastic tag team matchup, and I'm loving what FTR is doing right now. Uh, they put on fantastic matchups, and to be honest with you, I look forward to what's going to happen next with FTR. But hats off to Jurassic Express for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we have a Blackpool Combat Club segment. Uh, William Regal is pretty much praising. Wheeler Yuta and realizing how much, you know, of a superstar, you know, how much he wants to win as a superstar. And the fact that he's put on phenomenal matchups. He's had great matches with Brian Danielson. He's had a good, ma- a great match with John Moxley. And obviously, William Regals took notice of that. And now it's going to be a six man tag team match. I believe that's going to happen next week. It's going to be Wheeler Yuta, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley versus the Gun Club. I'm very much looking forward to this. I definitely want to see how Wheeler Yuta. Danielson and Moxley gel together in the ring as a tag team, as a stable. I'm very much looking forward to that. And Wheeler Yuta, man, that dude, I mean, honestly, in my honest opinion, he's done a fantastic job, man. He's definitely impressed me with what he's done inside that square circle. And to be honest with you, the fact that he's working with John Moxley and Brian Danielson is only going to elevate him more as a professional wrestler, man. So I'm definitely looking forward to what's going to happen with Wheeler Yuta next and how this collaboration with him and the Blackpool Combat Club is going to work, man. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night as well. 
It is MJF versus Sean Dean. The crowd is chanting Wardlow throughout the entire match. It almost kind of reminded me of the old WCW Goldberg chants. It's exactly what it reminded me of. It was absolutely insane. Uh, it was a good match, back and forth match between MJF and Sean Dean. MJF was keeping the pace of the match. Security is shown taken out backstage. Wardlow then is walking through the crowd dressed as a security guard for the AEW event. He ends up trying to attack MJF. Referee counts MJF out. And your winner of the match by countout is Sean Dean. Hats off to Sean Dean for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we have a Darby Allen vignette. Um, pretty much Darby Allen, you know, riding down the street with a skateboard. But he makes his way down to the street, and there's this like steel coffin looking thing in the middle of the road. And it looks like Darby Allen has some unfinished business with Andrade El Idolo. And I believe next week. We're going to get Darby Allen versus Andrade in a Coffins match, which I'm all for that, man. Darby Allen's a fantastic wrestler, and Andrade has done a fantastic job since he's been with AEW, so I'm definitely looking forward to this match between Darby Allen and Andrade in a Coffin match next week. It's going to be absolutely insane. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Danny Garcia versus Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. I thought this was a really good matchup as well. Back and forth matchup between both teams. Jericho and Santana both exchanged devastating chops in the middle of the ring. Uh, JAS was keeping the pace of the match. Eddie then hits an enziguri on Jake Hager. Santana then hits three amigos on Danny Garcia as well as a frog splash off the top rope. Kind of paying homage to the late great Eddie Guerrero. Eddie then hits an exploder suplex. Eddie then gets hit with a baseball bat which causes the JAS to pick up the victory. Hats off to the JAS for getting the win in this matchup. After the matchup, though, JAS ended up attacking Eddie, Santana, and Ortiz. This whole rivalry between both these teams are far from over. I do. I could possibly see maybe, just maybe, somebody you know, might be joining Eddie Kingston in this new makeshift stable, if you will, because they're outnumbered. You know, They have Jericho, Hager, Garcia... And the, then the tag team, uh, I believe it's 2.0, uh, joining Jericho in the JAS. And um, Eddie Kingston only has Santana and Ortiz. So I can definitely see possibly two more people to join up at, with Eddie Kingston to make this an equal match. Now, I don't know if AEW is going to be doing this or not. I don't know when Blood and Guts is going to come up. I think it's going to be relatively soon. Um, but it depends on what, you know, which I'll get into at the end of the podcast, but I don't know what, you know, Time Warner and Warner Media is going to do. I, there's a lot of rumors going on with them, you know, with Time Warner joining another company. And like I said, I'll get into that at the end of this podcast. But the Blood and Guts event would be perfect, that cage match, if Eddie can find two other people to join him and him, Santana and Ortiz to go up against JAS. That would make for a crazy, crazy, you know, cage match. Absolutely. Like war games. It'd be absolutely insane. It'd be absolutely crazy. But uh, hats off to the JAS for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Marina Shafir making her AEW Dynamite debut versus Sky Blue. Uh, number one, I thought this match was awful. And it might be a hot take for most people, but this match was awful. Uh, it was a back-and-forth match, but Marina was keeping the pace of the match with Marina Shafir ultimately applying a triangle on Sky Blue. And your winner of the match by submission is Marina Shafir. A couple of things I want to say about this man quickly. They brought in Marina Shafir. Now, she has had a lot of matches on Elevation and Dark. 
And she's done a fantastic job. I believe she was undefeated on, well, she's I, I guess she's still undefeated, I guess, technically, maybe, um, in AEW. But she was predominantly shown on Elevation and Dark, which is no problem. That's fine. Because, honestly, in her NXT days, she really wasn't doing much either. Her and Jessica uh, Manduke or whatever weren't really doing much. Uh, they brought her into the fold in AEW, and she's done a great, a decent job with Elevation and, and Dark. It's fantastic. I like the entrance music, everything else. It's it's good. But this match, they brought her into the fold, especially with Dynamite, on Wednesday to have her win and challenge Jay Cargill, who's undefeated, and challenge her for the TBS championship. I'm going to tell you all right now, Marina Shafir is not the person to dethrone Jay Cargill. Absolutely not. And I'm hoping Tony Khan pays attention to that because this match was awful. I mean, awful. This wasn't something where, okay, Marina Shafir is, you know, she's still a rookie. No, she's been in the business for a little while. You know, she, I don't know what the hell she was doing in this match, but it was downright awful. And I'm telling you right now, if they have Marina Shafir beat Jay Cargill for that TBS championship, one of the biggest mistakes AEW has ever done. She is not ready. She still needs a lot of work. And right now, even in the match she had against Sky Blue, it looked like she didn't want to be there. And her moveset was, I mean, her, there was no moveset. You end the match in a triangle. I get it. You come back, you come from an MMA background. I get that. This is not the woman, ladies and gentlemen, to dethrone Jade Cargill. It's just not, it's not there, man. It's not, there's no hype around Marina Shafir. They hype her up to be this indestructible force, but it's not there. And if they book this match, I'm hoping Jade gets the win. To be honest with you, if they book this match, which would be an absolute disaster, if they book this match, I'm I'm rooting for Jay Cargill to retain the TBS championship. I'd rather have Jay Cargill go up against the likes of Athena, aka Ember Moon, and maybe Athena can dethrone Jay Cargill. I mean, they had that little Twitter back and forth. Why are we not signing Ember Moon? You know, which I'll get into this as well at the end of at, at the end of the podcast because I know everybody saw Dynamite on Wednesday night, and trust me, the ending of that show was horrendous, but uh, Maria Shafir is not the one to challenge Jay Cargill, man. It's just not needed. She needs more time. She needs more work, and I'm hoping to God that Tony Khan does not book Maria Shafir versus Jay Cargill for that TBS championship, man, because it's going to be an absolute disaster, but hats off to Marina Shafir for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It's a tag team matchup. It is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I thought this was a great match. Back and forth matchup between both teams. Powerhouse Hobbs ends up hitting a fallaway slam on Swerve Strickland. Lee then hits a chop on Ricky. Swerve then hits a moonsault off Lee's chest onto Hobbs and Ricky Starks on the outside, which was absolutely insane. Ricky then hits a Canadian Destroyer. On Swerve, Ricky then hits an Enziguri on Lee. Taz makes his way down the aisle. Swerve then hits a 450 splash off the top rope on Ricky. Taz then grabs Lee's leg. Hobbs then hits a spine buster. Pin for the three. And your winners of the match are Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Hats off to Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that. We go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of AEW's Dynamite. It is Minoru Suzuki defending the Ring of Honor Television Championship against Samoa Joe. This was a great match. Back and forth match between Joe and Suzuki. Joe and Suzuki both exchange devastating chops throughout this entire match. 
But Joe ends up hitting his signature muscle buster on Suzuki, pinning him for the three, and your winner of the match and new Ring of Honor television champion is Samoa Joe. After the match, though, the lights go out. Fans are losing their mind. The lights come back on, and we get the debut of Singh. He ends up attacking Samoa Joe. A couple things I'm going to say about this, man. And I know a lot of people have said this already. This debut was awful. Uh, to a point where when this guy, when the lights came back on, the crowd was chanting, who are you? <clears throat> Nobody knew who this guy Singh was. All, all we know was that he was working out to be a professional wrestler and that he was playing basketball, professional basketball. That is it. And he's seven foot. When I saw this guy debut and sit, standing in the ring with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, to me, it gave me great Kali vibes or Giant Gonzalez vibes. It's exactly what we were getting. And I, I feel like Tony Khan took a page out of WWE's playbook and hired this Singh guy to be the next giant for AEW. I'm going to tell you guys right now, uh, and for those who do watch professional wrestling, that's probably one of the reasons why you guys are here watching this podcast right now. The the big men in professional wrestling, the giants, if you will, whether it be Big Show, whether it be Great Khali, Giant Gonzalez, I think El Gigante and WCW, they do not last, man. It's a very, very short window for, you know, those type of wrestlers, man. It's just, it's not needed. I mean, for example, you have Omos in WWE who's standing over seven foot tall. You had him go through everybody in WWE and then you have him face Bobby Lashley. There's no one left for Omos to wrestle. Very, very small window of opportunity left for Omos. It's going to be the same thing for this Singh guy who'd made his debut on Dynamite. You know, I definitely think Tony Khan definitely took a playbook out of WWE with this. And this just not, it doesn't work. You know, I, I love Dynamite. I think AEW Dynamite is a great show, but this is not their mission statement for AEW was supposed to be the alternative, not what we're getting with the, with Raw and SmackDown every week, rinse and repeat. Hiring this guy, I know some people are like, oh, we'll give him a chance, get, you know, give him an opportunity. No, absolutely not, because this is not the mission statement that AEW presented themselves when they made their debut, when they came into existence. We want to be different. We want to be creative. This is not being creative. You know, when you bring him into the fold, I mean, this is why I know this is a bad situation because Tony Khan had put out a tweet stating that this guy was all elite. A couple hours later, he ended up deleting this tweet because he had so much fan outrage from this guy showing up. You know, where the hell is Johnny Gargano? Where the hell is, you know, Wyndham Rotunda? Where is Cesaro? You know, and I, I love what Tony Khan has done with AEW. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I really do. The events are great. The Dynamites are awesome. The Rampages are awesome. Big fan of it. I love what AEW is doing. But the lights going out every single time for someone making a debut, and then you have this guy show up, it's, it's lackluster. It really is. I mean, nobody, literally everybody in the crowd was wondering who the hell this guy was. Because you had nothing about him at all. There was no video package, no vignettes played about this guy making a debut or anything. Nothing. And then the lights go out and this guy shows up. Why couldn't you just have this guy walk down the aisle and you had commentary like, who the hell is this guy? He walks down and then, you know, pretty much destroys Samoa Joe in the middle of the ring. Rather than the lights going out and, oh, here we are. It's the same old song of repeat. I mean, how many times had he had the lights go out and then somebody appears? He did the same thing for Malachi Black. It's the same thing, man. Rinse and repeat. 
You know, this guy showing up after the, the Suzuki and Joe match was a huge dud, man. Huge. Nobody knows who this guy is. And honestly, nobody cares. No, I don't even care. You know, if you want to bring him into the fold, that's fine. Do not put this guy in the ring. Make him as a bodyguard, you know, to surround himself with Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. I don't even know what the hell Jay Lethal is even doing anymore. <clears throat> he had that great matchup not too long ago. And now you're he's in the storyline with Sanjay Dutt and Singh. You know, and a lot of people, according to most people, the reason why they brought this guy in, and this is what I wanted to get, what I was talking about earlier in this podcast, is, you know, Warner Media. Supposedly, there's a big rumor that Warner Media is going to be joining forces with uh, Discovery Plus, you know, and they're going to combine, you know, TBS and, you know, Warner Media with Discovery Plus. And that's the reason why they brought this guy in, because Discovery Plus wants a, a guy like Sing to join AEW. They want a big guy. They want a guy like a giant Gonzalez or a great Kali to come into the fold. And that's exactly what we got for Dynamite, you know. It's I don't know, man. I'm just I'm not a big fan of the lights going out and then we get a surprise debut and it's a letdown. It's a humongous letdown. And there's so many other free agents out there right now that are looking for work. You know, where's Gargano? Like I said, where's Gargano? Where's Cesaro? Where's Wyndham Bertunda? Where are these guys? You know, I, I don't understand it. Even the same thing for the women too. Like you got Tegan Knox. You know, yes, they hired Tony Storm, but you also have Athena out there. I mean, come on. But you're going to hire this guy who has no wrestling, uh, nothing. I mean, nothing. No wrestling ability whatsoever. And you're going to have him, not only that, had the same finish that Great Khali had when he was having his run in SmackDown. Same finish. So no wonder why people were saying this guy's a, a remake of, or Great Khali 2.0. Yeah. Because you had the same finish. I mean, he walks down. I mean, he's in the ring. He's tall, just like Great Khali was. And he has the finish of Great Khali. It's the same damn thing. This was a dud. This was a huge dud. And honestly, Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki was a fantastic match. The ending of that match and having this guy debut just killed that kind of, to be honest with you. I mean, it was horrible, man. Absolutely horrible. And hopefully, Tony Khan figures out what the hell he's going to do with this Singh guy. Because obviously, you know, he listens to the fans. And like I had stated, he ended up deleting... Uh, one of the messages he put on one of the messages that he put on Twitter saying that this guy was all elite and he deleted it a couple hours later. So clearly he knows that the fans are not happy with this guy debuting the way he did on Dynamite, in my honest opinion. So I don't know what they're gonna do with this guy Singh. I think he's better fit to be a bodyguard to maybe Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. I don't know, but I don't think he's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be beneficial for AEW or Singh for him to be inside the square circle, in my honest opinion, man. I just don't think it's really needed. I really don't. But this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful. And remember, stay classic. Peace.